Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. In Christ. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about a subject that I call stop knocking on wood. Stop knocking on wood. Now, I don't know, a lot of us use this phrase. How many have heard that cliche or that term? How many of you have used it like me? A lot of times I do like this, you know, it feels like wood up there, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, we use that term, stop knocking on wood. And usually that's when, you know, you say something and then you uh, want it to come to pass and you don't want anything to jinx it, you know, so you say a knock on wood. And I don't know if you know where that phrase or that term comes from, but it's, uh, it, it's from Germanic folklore. So many of you are saying, what the heck is that? But it's, it's like an old myth. And really what it uh, signified were the, there, was a, there was this society that whenever something would come up that they wanted to come to pass, they would knock on wood. And what happened was it would invoke these little creatures called dryads. See, I bet you didn't know this part. I didn't know this part until I looked it up. And they lived in trees, okay? Little dryads lived in trees, and they were little creatures or little spirits. And what happens is when you knocked on wood, it would invoke them, and then they would protect what you said to make sure that it wasn't jinxed and that it came to pass, okay? It's this old folklore. And uh, now I'm not a, a prude, you know, or, or a, a person who just is, you know, so holy that, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saying that, hey, that everything, uh, that you don't say the word, you know, you're just going to hell and all those types of things. I, I know we do. We have fun and we do a lot of a lot of things. So I'm not coming against you saying knock on wood. I'm not coming against that. But what happens is a lot of times we, we play with that term, you know, hey, I hope that the Colts beat the Eagles today in their preseason game, you know, knock on wood. And I think those types of things are all right. But what happens is the more we do that kind of thing, it begins to flow over into things that affect our destiny. You know, if you're not careful, the more that you play and say those types of things, the more, it go, you know, I really hope that I get an A on this test, knock on wood. You know, I really, I'm supposed to go to the doctor today and, I'm, and, and hopefully he gives me a good report, knock on wood. Now, I don't know about you, but I just, Sister Jody, don't want to leave my doctor's report in the hands of some dryads that live in trees. <laughs> now, maybe some folks do, but just for me, you know, because I don't know what these dryads do, you know, just in the night or whatever they are, or what they do, I don't know. But what I want to tell you this morning is that God has given us something that we can invoke and we know that we know that we know that it is good and it will come to pass. God has given us something called faith. And you see, what, what faith does is it, it changes the time zone. It changes the dimension. Now, I don't want to get too you know, technical or too weird here on you, but let me tell you what I'm talking about. 
faith. You see, God lives in what's called eternity. And he created time for us. But God lives outside of time. And so faith reaches into a dimension that's outside of time. And so now i got to talk outside of time. Amen? Faith reaches into another place, a dimension that's not in our time. And so when we are able to invoke faith, faith is something that can bring what's in the eternal, and I'll show you this by the word, it's something that can bring what's in the eternal here and manifest it right where we are right now. See, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things that are not seen. Faith, not dryads, <laughs> is what the road that God wants us to go down. And we have to realize something. And this is true. I know you've probably heard it preached and some of you uh, are, are skeptical about it and all that. And, I, you know, listen, I'm the type of person, we've heard of the Bereans, right, in the, in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts. And these were people who, when the, the Apostle Paul talked and shared things with them, they would go back and check it out. You know, it's like, I know you're Paul. I know you got knocked down on the ground and you saw the light and, you know, you literally saw the light. A lot of people say, I saw the light. He really did see the light, right? He was blinded. He was changed. He was baptized. Uh, you know, he went away, the Holy Spirit. And I know you did all those things, but still, I'm going to check out what you said. And so they went back and checked out the scriptures to see what Paul, if what Paul was talking about was really true. And once you've been a Christian for a certain amount of time, you come to a point where you've heard all of these things. And all of a sudden now you want to go check it out for yourself to see if it's really true. And so this subject, this thing that we're talking about this morning is something that I had to go back for myself. I just didn't listen to, you know, this one over here or Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Jesse Duplantis, uh, Fred Price, whoever it is that you want to say, you know, that preaches about faith. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just that, listening to them. I went back and checked it out for myself. And you know what I found out in the Bible and in life is that your confession will rule you. Your confession will absolutely rule you. What you say has an impact on your future. But if I can overcome, come on, the short-sightedness of my flesh, which says, it's not here, you don't have it, you're sick. It, it looks at the reality that is around you. I'm not talking about lying, I'm, but it looks at the reality. But that's what it focuses on. And if you can overcome the short-sightedness of what's right in front of you and allow your confession to bring the eternal to you, then you'll understand and have the promises of God. But as long as your confession keeps that thing out in the future, that's where your promise will stay. If your confession keeps it in the future, your promise will always be in the future. If you're focused on what it is now and never look to bring and begin to confess the promises of God. You see, Isaiah told it to us. Peter told it to us. If you're able to say, I understand that I'm hurting. 
I understand that I have this thing. I had this seizure. I had this condition. That's true. But guess what? By his stripes, I am healed. If you're able to get past the short-sightedness of your flesh and begin to speak the word of God. I'm talking about the word of God. Now, I'm not making up something here this morning. Come on. Most of y'all know me. I'm not, I'm not making up something. I just don't, I'm not preaching magic. Okay? I'm not preaching some get-rich-quick scheme. I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. Well, that's not what we're talking about. But I'm talking about if you're able to focus on the Word of God, if you're able to focus on the presence of God, if you're able to focus on the promises of God, your faith will be the vehicle that will bring those promises to pass now. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Come on, somebody. In fact... You know, God made those promises to us, and they're in eternity. But your enemy may be sitting on those things, hoping that you don't realize that you need to come after those things. He's hoping that you're short-sighted, and your mind stays on what's right in front of you. He's hoping that you don't come after it. But I don't know about you, I'm a little tired of all the sickness in our church. I'm just, can I just talk for real this morning? I'm a little tired of all the strife. I'm a little tired of, you know, all the, how the enemy just comes in and does what he wants to. I'm coming after my wealth. I'm coming after my health. I'm coming after my joy. I'm coming after my peace. Come on, somebody. I'm coming after it. The enemy's hoping you don't come after it this morning. But somebody needs to take a stand and say, I'm coming after it. I'm coming after peace. I'm coming after unity this day. I said this day. Because God is a this day God. Because the delay is not from him. God's saying that this morning. You heard the word of God that the season we're going, how it started small and the season we're going into. Now faith. God is a this day. And he's saying, just to piggyback on that word, he's saying, listen, the delay is not from me. If there is a delay, it's from you. Now, let me, let me explain something to you so you won't think well, we're talking about, you know, magic or something like that. Let me explain something to you. There's a difference in delay and process. There's a difference in delay and process. In other words, if I wanted to, you know, get myself in shape, because some things are coming against me, maybe high blood pressure or, you know, sugar, high sugar or whatever it may be. And I wanted to get myself in shape and I wanted to, you know, try to be a little bit like Brother Keith over there. You know, I can't get all the way there, but, you know, if I wanted to get near him, all right, and I'm sitting on my couch at home and I say, all right, I want to get to that level where I'm, where I'm healthy, you know, where I'm, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm in good shape, and I'm healthy, you know, and all of those types of things. I want to get to that level. First, I know that I cannot go down to the YMCA this afternoon, do 40 crunches, right? Lift 60 pounds 10 times and walk away and be there to where he is. It's not going to happen. Why? Because it's a process, but let me tell you this. Here's what God is saying to you this morning. 
You can sit on the couch and talk about it all you want to. If you never get up and go, you are delaying it. I'm not talking about the process. But not only are you delaying the promise, you're delaying the process that you have to go through to get there. And God is saying this morning, the delay is not for me. He said, I already got the process set up. All you got to do is go through it. All you have to do is work the word. Speak the word that I'm telling you to speak. Let it come out of your mouth. And, and before it comes out of your mouth, now listen, this is what we do. We don't, we don't come up with something off the top of our head and begin to speak it and expect it to come to pass. You'd be very clear about that. Because faith comes by what? And hearing by the what? So what, what do we say, Didi? Let me speak what I heard. Say what you see so you can see what you said. I swear we need to be the, say what you heard. Say what you heard so you can see what you said. We must be able to hear it from the Lord. Now, how do I hear it from the Lord? Well, I can tell you how you won't hear from the Lord if you never read his word. If you're never in prayer. If you never communicate with him, you'll never hear from him. If you never read what he has to say, if you never read about his promises, not only will you not know what promises he has for you, but you'll not know how to even get there. You won't even know what he's saying. And you won't be able to say what you heard so you can see what you said. But God this morning is speaking to you saying, I am not delaying it. So you need to first hear from me and then speak what you heard. Now faith is what I'm talking about. What we have to understand is this. Everything starts in the spiritual before it happens in the natural. Everything. I don't care what it is. Everything starts in the spirit. First in the spirit, then in the natural. Let me, let me show you that. Turn, let's go to John chapter 4. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I think you'll see it very, very clearly. John chapter 4, verse 24, says this. says, God is a what? Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a what? What is God? Spirit. Spirit. Now, Turn real quickly. You can find this one quickly. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 all the way at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 says this. In the what? Beginning, God did what? Keep going. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what do we say in John chapter 4? God is what? And then God then did what? Created the heavens and the earth. So it was in the spirit realm, it was in the spirit world, in God before it came to pass. And this was in the beginning. So everything that's natural starts in the spirit. It has its root, it has its, 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 its creation in the spirit. We know that the earth is physical, but God is spiritual. Notice something spiritual created something physical. Are you getting that? So the greater reality is spiritual. So for any natural thing to exist, there has to be a component 
in the spirit for that natural thing to exist. Therefore, if there is something in the natural that is not the word of God, that is not something that you know lines up with the word of God, how are you going to attack it? Talk to me. In the spirit. In the, we got to go to the spirit. Here, this, I want to say it like this. Everything in the material world was birthed in the spirit. Everything you see in the material world was first birthed in the spirit. Because material things are dependent upon spiritual things for their existence. Let, let me ask you a question. I got this body here, right? Big belly. I know my, my son was joking about that. I said, you just can't get this overnight now. And I had, I had to work at that. And I got to work to get it away too. Got this body here. I, we are all... What? Flesh, soul, and spirit. But the real you is spirit. The real you is a spirit. You see, because if my spirit leaves this body, what's going to happen? The body is just going to fall to the ground, go back to the dust. Everything material depends on something spiritual for its existence. Do you see that? Think about, think about this. There was a, a demon-possessed man. Remember that in the Bible? It was acting crazy. But when Jesus cast out the demons, the man was at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Why? Because he attacked the spiritual thing that was making him act crazy. Once that went away, he was in his right mind. Everything begins in the spirit. When you cast out the spiritual component, the manifestation will no longer exist. Cast out the spiritual component, the manifestation will no longer exist. You see, your situation, no matter what it is, is first spiritual. And we can deal with it on the spiritual level. If we can do that, it can be fixed. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Your situation, no matter what it is, must be dealt with in the spirit first. Why? Because you see, faith penetrates. All the way to the root of a matter. That's what faith does. We deal with each other. We're dealing with each other on the surface. And, and, I, and I praise the Lord for, for, for doctors. Listen, I, I praise God for doctors and the, and the knowledge that they have and what they're able to do. But I guarantee you that a doctor himself or herself would tell you what I, what I can do is I can look at it on the physical and I can treat that thing. Even if they, what they call going to the root is really going to the root physically. And so they'll give you medication, they'll give you therapy that will help you physically. And we need to do those things. We absolutely need to do those things. So I praise God for that. But if you really want to get to the root of the matter, that thing can keep happening over and over. We need to go to this thing right here. Because God, remember... Remember, God is a spirit, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and all that is therein. All of it was created by him. So I would think if you need something fixed, you would go back to the originator. Come on, somebody. But your faith penetrates all the way to the root. 
And Ephesians 1.3, your spirit, you see, your spirit will grab hold of this, but your mind will keep trying to figure it out. I know some out there now are grabbing a hold of it. Some of it, your mind is still trying to figure it out. But look at Ephesians 1.3 again. It said, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? He blessed us in Christ with what? Every Where at? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then how do we access those spiritual blessings? We must go to heavenly places. We must go there. And let me tell you how we get there. Faith is our vehicle. You see, because here's what I want to tell you. A sinner does not have to beg God and plead with God to be saved. Okay? A sinner does not have to beg God or plead with God to be saved. You know what a sinner has to do in order to be saved? That person has to receive something. They have to believe it and they have to receive it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say you have to get rid of anything. It says you have to receive something. I know. Okay, let's go over to Romans. I don't have this up there, but just look at Romans. Look at the, the famous salvation verse, Romans chapter 10. And uh, let's start up at, uh, if you have your Bible, if not, trust me, I'm telling you what's out of the Bible. This is a New King James Version. Look at, look, at, look at verse 8 in Romans chapter 10. It says, but what does it say, Paul says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Come on. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Therefore, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, come on, that God raised him from the dead, you will what? It said we must believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth. It said the word is near you, near your mouth. And that's from, that's from Deuteronomy, actually, Deuteronomy 30, 14. Some of you want to look that up. God told us way back then, the word is near you, that you may do it, that you may perform it. Speaking the word is what moves the hand of God. Not begging, not all of those other things. Now, I've said this before on our, some of our Wednesday night teachings that, listen, I, we get emotional. We're emotional people. We're emotional creatures. Amen. And that's, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. God made us that way. And it's fine to be that way. All I'm trying to tell you is that, listen, it's not required that you be emotional and that you beg and that you grovel and that you do all these things for the promises of God. Jesus already died on the cross for your promises, your promise of peace, your promise of salvation, and your promise of healing. I can imagine the Lord saying, why are you groveling and begging for something I've already given to you? Why are you begging for it? I want you to have faith. I want you to receive it. I want you to believe it in your heart, and I want you to confess it. I want you to confess my word. This is how you receive the promises of God. This is how it starts in the spiritual and then manifests. Now, what does manifest mean? We use that word. That's like one of those uh, church vernaculars, you know, manifest, manifest destiny and, you know, all these words. All manifest means is something I can see with my own two eyes. It's right there. I can see it. You know, Sister Sharon is manifest in front of me, right? 
That's all it is. It ain't, it's not all that deep. That's what it means. Man. So in other words, for it to manifest, we start in the spiritual, speak in the spiritual, and then it will manifest in the natural. We got to understand. It's the same. I gave you that example about sinners. It's the same for us. We need to receive what he already did. You don't have peace in your home. We need to receive it from God. Start there. Don't start arguing about peace. Come on. He already provided everything according to life and godliness. The Bible doesn't say get rid of it. It says receive something. Why? Because when you receive something from God, it will push out that thing, that other thing has got to go. Why? Because two things can't occupy the same place at the same time. Come on. We need to receive this thing from God. We need to understand that deliverance belongs to me. His peace belongs to me. His joy belongs to me. His ability belongs to me. Come on now. Now, in order for me to receive it, then what I've got to do is understand what God's will is and then do that. Come on, what do we say? Whatever he says, do it. And you've got to get past your flesh and what's in your carnal mind because, listen, the mind, the carnal mind and the flesh can't receive something of the Spirit. It can't do it, so it will never happen. Most of us try to, I won't say many of us try to reconcile things. When we hear something from the Lord, we hear this thing about it's a new season. Well, I just don't see it. I, you know, it looks like the same amount of people are coming to church. Where's the season of prosperity? I don't see any uh, promotion at my job. What is this season thing you're talking? And we're trying to reconcile it with our mind. But really, the thing is started in the spirit. And it's going to blow your mind when it manifests. Doors are going to open that you didn't even know the door was there. And the door is going to open up. That's the way God works. That's the way he works. I've got to believe that thing. I've got to believe it. When I pray, I've got to receive it. And I cannot feel anything about what I just received. I've got to believe that I receive it when I pray. In fact, let's go, let's go to Mark chapter 4 because there are some other things. I told you we weren't talking about magic now. Let's go to Mark chapter 4 because some think, oh, this thing is just easy. I just need to say something three times and then I automatically have it. it it's not magic. The whole thing goes together. Folks, the whole thing goes together. The whole thing goes together. You see, even before I go there, listen, all sickness has a root. All sickness has a root. All strife has a root. All of those things have a root. And we can cut, you can cut strife off in your home at the root. If you invoke your faith, you can cut lack off in your house at the root. If you would invoke your faith, you can only get to it by faith. You can only get to it by faith. Mark chapter 4 verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what? Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a what? Great calm. Now, let me ask you something. Was he operating out of the flesh or out of the spirit? I mean, because what could he have done to stop that wind? I mean, could he have done like Superman? Right? 
Probably Jesus could have, but he's the example for us, right? I mean, what did he do to stop the wind? He spoke. And he cut it off at the root in the spirit. See, if I can cut off the spiritual, then I can manifest the natural. That's what God's trying to get us to see today. If I can cut it off in the spiritual, it will manifest in the natural. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporary, but the things which are not seen are what? Whatever is in your life right now that does not line up with the word of God is subject to change. Because it's temporary. It's temporal. What you can see is temporal. And in order to get that thing to change in our life, we got to access the eternal. That's what we got to access and get it to manifest. I don't care what it is. Whatever it is in your life. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what's come against you, who's been talking about you, your failures. I don't care. What you see in your life is in the temporal realm. Now, remember, I said that doesn't take the place of process. You know, we don't get into situations overnight. Sometimes we don't get out of situations, although God can do it. He can if he wants to. But he has a process. Why? Because God's not just interested in getting you out of a situation You know what God's interested in? He's interested in your heart. Because if he's got your heart, he's got you. If he's got your heart, now you're in the presence of God where there is a fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. If he's got your heart, then every spiritual blessing in heavenly places belongs to you. But he must have the heart. See, again, it's not not we say something three times and I have it by magic. God wants your heart. What you see here, your situation, your circumstances, whatever it may be, it's all temporal. We folks are spiritual beings. Therefore, we can do business in both dimensions. Come on. But if you're not spiritual, if you haven't given your life to the Lord, if if God hasn't said, wake up to that spirit in you, then your spirit man is a dead thing. It's dead. You're walking around with a dead spirit. I mean, in terms of being separated from God. Remember, God said to Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, you shall sure, in that day, you shall surely die. What does that mean? You're separated from me. So you can, all you can do is do business in the, in the natural. You just have to do whatever you can do and hope that it works out. I mean, maybe you call on the dryads or whatever it is. Maybe you're just hoping that it works out. But when you're in the spiritual, you don't have to, you, you know what? Here's what faith does. Faith goes over into the eternal, even where the enemy is that's got your stuff, whatever it is, whether it's healing, whether it's peace, whether it's a restored marriage, I don't care what it is. He, your, the faith will go over there. It will take that thing back from the enemy and bring it back to you, and it won't ask anybody any questions. It don't need any help from nobody because it's the word of God. That's why it is. It's the word of God. That's what I'm talking about here. Faith penetrates all the way to the root. And we are spiritual beings. We can operate in both dimensions. I want to show you one more thing. There's so much more here. I'm going to keep going next week. Turn over to Mark 11. Turn over to Mark 11. And while you're going over there, let me remind you of, let me remind you of something. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. I believe that was over in Mark 5. You remember this woman with the issue of blood? All the doctors had done everything that they could do 
to help her. You know the story. You heard it preached. You preached it to people, whatever. And uh, all the doctors helped her uh, the best they could, but she still had blood flowing out. And that's what she could see. That's what she saw with her eyes. She saw, that's what man, it was manifesting. Right? Now, what would have happened if she would have just kept on bleeding and nobody could have helped? What do you think would have eventually happened? That's right. That's exactly right. No secret. You, you will die. You lose all your blood. You'll eventually die. That's what she saw. She was on her way to death. But she heard. She heard about Jesus. And I believe somewhere over in Revelation, maybe about chapter 4, somewhere around there, the Bible talks about how Jesus comes on a white horse and on his thigh is written, Word of God. Check it out for yourself. I mean, she heard about the Word. Faith comes by what? And hearing by the what? She heard about the Word, and it did something to her faith. Why do you think she was able to go through all those people and just touch the hem of his garment? Because her faith was stirred up. She heard about the Word. And God is telling you this morning, when you hear the word, it should stir up your faith and then move you to action. Don't just sit on your couch because then you just, the delay's on you. You just sit there. You have no action. You're still speaking the same thing you spoke on Saturday on Monday after you heard the word. Come on now. You're going to be in the same situation. Wonder how come that thing didn't happen. Mark chapter 11. I want to take you to a couple of passages here in, in chapter 11. Let's look, at, uh, let's look at verse 12. It says, On the following day when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a what? Fig tree in leaf. He went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Okay? For it was not the season for figs. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version now. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples, what? They heard it. All right, after this, he goes into Jerusalem. This is the famous story about how he then goes on into Jerusalem and goes into the temple, seeing him acting the fool in the temple, and he, you know, drives him out, and then he begins to teach him. Come on. He begins to teach to drive out that whole thing, and then they went back, okay? Now, let's drop down a little bit. And see, they came back by this fig tree the next day. Go down to verse 20. It says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to what? Come on, somebody. To what? To its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up. And be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received. This is Jesus talking now. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And people lead us out. Y'all can't lead us out now. Don't lead us part out. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who also, who is in heaven, also in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Maybe we leave that part out, don't we? Come on now, you got to be in right stand. You got you to forgive so that he'll forgive you. That's all part of it. That's all part of it. But listen, 
Here's what I want to tell you. Faith goes to the root of a matter. When Jesus cursed that fig tree, where did he curse it to? He didn't just curse the leaves so they died off so it could grow back. He went to the root of the matter. And what I'm trying to get us to see this morning is if we need our situation in our life to change, where do we need to go? We need to go to the root of a matter. And where's the root? It's in the spiritual realm. See, we can't just deal with this thing in the physical, folks. I don't know about you, but I, I've, you know, listen, somebody need to say, listen, I done been, I done been anxious too long. I done been in, the, you know, in, this, in this sickness too long. I know things happen to us. I know, you know, we trip and fall down and hurt our knee. You know, some of us, we get older and, you know, our bodies, uh, the way they're designed, you know, from God, you know, eventually they're going back to the dust. When my spirit leaves this thing, it's going back to the dust. But not until long life. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm claiming. Long life. As long as I do what I need to do. Don't let my belly keep getting big. Eating all kind of, come on, McDonald's and everything. If I do what I'm supposed to do and follow this word, I'm promised long life. Come on now. But we need to, if you want your situation to change, we need to attack it in the spiritual. 